Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon, and we are all ready to Friday. This week has gone by so fast, and I hope it was a good one for you, and I'm glad that you're sharing your Friday here with me on the show. And I really am hoping that this whole idea about dating is helpful because we, we have so many people dating now, more than we ever have, and we have people dating all the way from you know high school all the way into their 70s, right? And, be, and this really has to do with the fact that humans really crave relationship. They really crave belonging. And that's, that's really how God made us. And so there's no way around it. So hopefully, if you are single, or if you are soon to be single, this is going to be very helpful for you in terms of maybe avoiding some pitfalls and avoiding some hurts along the way as you really pursue finding that that partner, that friend, that lover. And so we talked a lot yesterday about appropriate expectations. And I'm going to give you just some some statements or some bullet points of expectations that are not necessarily appropriate. And so I'm sure maybe you have said some of these things. But what about this famous one? If you really loved me and really cared about me, if you're really, you know, if it were really important to you, you would do blah, blah, blah. If you really loved me, you would do. You know this for me. If you really cared about me, if it were really important to you, you would do this. That, that's a huge one that we see in relationships. How about this expectations that if I do things for myself, um, it'll upset you? Or the expectation for people to be ready on time, all the time. How about this expectation? You're supposed to always be turned on by me and or at least make love whenever I want to make love. How about this expectation? You're supposed to agree with me. You're supposed to remember our anniversary. You're supposed to lose or gain weight. Now, this is a health issue, right? We want it to be that person's priority. But the expectation that if I'm dating you and you're overweight, that you will somehow magically lose it is not an appropriate expectation. The expectation that you're going to make more money. The expectation that you will spend less money. The expectation that you will work more or less. See, these are things that are part of our dream, part of our hopes. And so the dating process is for these things, to hash this stuff out, to be able to know whether or not this is actually that person's value system as well, and they're just falling short. And maybe, hopefully, they take it more seriously than you do. So if they spend too much money, maybe they're working with someone to help them spend less. But if you're the only one that holds the hope, you're going to be let down. And then what happens when we have unrealistic expectations in relationships and they go on for too long? We get contempt. And when we have contempt in a relationship, it's almost near impossible to come back. So what about this expectation? That you'll always keep the house neat and clean. That you'll always eat right and take your vitamins. You'll always get enough exercise. 
or that you'll exercise with me. That you'll dress the way that I like. That you will be always affectionate or that you will not be affectionate. That you won't be touching me all the time, right? How about this one? You'll put your clothes away. The expectation that you will make me happy. The expectation you'll never be attracted to anyone else. Now that's kind of a dicey one. Because I, I really want you as an adult, the mature adult can recognize that we can see other humans as beautiful or handsome or attractive. That doesn't mean that we're attracted to the whole person. See, the whole person is who you're married to or committed to. But it's kind of like I, I can have a particular handbag and think that one's beautiful too, but I'm not going to buy it. I don't want it really. I can admire it. I can appreciate it. So there's nothing wrong with being able to appreciate that other people are attractive. But this idea that you will never see another person as attractive as me or more attractive than me is unrealistic and, and highly immature. Now, being attracted to someone and thinking that I'm supposed to try to emulate that, that's also inappropriate. Or being attracted to a person and not taking that seriously if you're in a committed relationship and addressing it, and saying, wait a minute, I don't even know this person. How would I know I even like this person? It's kind of like looking at beautiful pictures of, of Ireland or Iceland or, you know, beautiful pictures all over the world. And do I really like that place, though? Would I really like to visit it? So I can appreciate how something looks and leave it at that. How about this expectation? That you'll never look at the opposite sex. Not, a, not an appropriate expectation. That's not even possible, for one. Now, if somebody is inappropriate, if you are married or with someone that is constantly checking other people out and hoping that they're checking them out and comparing and contrasting you to them, this would certainly be a deal breaker. And we are going to talk on Monday about deal breakers when it comes to dating. <clears throat> so think about the expectation that you will never be affectionate with the opposite sex. Now, when I talk about affection, I'm talking about the inappropriate affection are usually sexual in orientation. But it would be ridiculous to think I would never kiss somebody on the cheek, hug a person, pat them on the back, sit next to them, enjoy them in this manner. But if it's sexual in nature, of course, that would be inappropriate and highly, highly hurtful, super painful. So let's see. That I always expect you to give in to me. That I always expect you to do things my way. I expect you to call me every day. I expect you to buy me expensive presents. I expect you to solve my problems. I expect you to want to be with me all the time. I expect you to never socialize without me. Never go to a party if I don't want to go. And I w I'm going to expect that you always initiate special times for us to be together. Stop drinking or taking drugs. This is a completely unrealistic expectation if you're dating. If someone takes drugs and they're drinking, and you think that they're going to magically stop when you're committed or married, that would be something that you would want to use your voice. You need to talk about it. 
You need to say, you know what? I'm noticing this. Do you see this as a problem? Do you think you have a problem? Do you have a plan? <clears throat> if they don't think they have a problem, that could even be another deal breaker, right? So the expectation that I'm going to spend more time with the kids. I can ask for that. I can say, I think this is important for our children. I don't know if it's a deal breaker. I think it could be a real hurt. And I think it's one of those things that you want to pray about and you want to have others pray with you as you express it to people that you want to pray appropriately and you don't throw your spouse under the bus. That you recognize, you know what? Maybe I expected them to be a certain type of parent and I just assumed they would be and I'm finding out that they're not. So I'm going to have to go through some of the grief and loss process so that I don't set myself up to be hurt all the time and angry at them all the time and have them always feel like they are not measuring up. How about this? I'm not going to have this expectation that you will stop watching TV so much or watch TV with me all the time. Another false expectation. Take care of me the way I take care of you. And this is really important. They may not want to be taken care of the way you take care of yourself. You might want to say, what's the best way for me to care about you? And this is how I would like to be cared for. And if you're really taking care of yourself, you're going to need less. So I want to make sure that I don't expect you to give me more money or make more money or want more money or be better with money if you've never been that way. If you're not a financial guru and you're not good at that, you're not good at budgeting, and maybe I am, then maybe that's why God put us together. So I'm not going to get caught up in what I think are male-female roles and that men are supposed to make all the money and they're supposed to be managing it all. I'm going to say, who's better at this in the relationship and why would God put us together? And so I'm going to make sure that I don't have the expectation that you do for me all, all the time the things that I'm capable of doing for myself. I'm not going to always anticipate that you go to bed at the same time as I do. Now, if this is a, an issue of intimacy, then we would need to talk about that. So you never go to bed with me at the same time, even though we get up at the same time. That might be different. How about this? I'm not going to expect you to stop being with friends, being friends with the people that I don't like. If these are your buddies from college and you like them and I don't like them, it's ridiculous to think that once we're in a committed relationship, or that once we're married, or once we have children, that you would stop being friends with them. Now, we can put appropriate boundaries on this and appropriate expectations as to how you are going to act when you are with those friends. But to think that just because you got married that those relationships end is not an appropriate expectation. How about this? I'm going to stop having the expectation that you would get rid of everything that is a reminder of a previous relationship you had. Now, if you're keeping old mementos and letters because you're pining still after this person, that's a different issue. But if you are not on top of insecurity or control issues, and so you're wanting to eradicate even the presence of a person that your partner was with in the past, and maybe a meaningful partner in the past, 
and you can't be confident enough to know they chose you, that would be an issue to talk about. Because our past is our past. It helps us know where we came from. It's a part of making us feel like a substantive humans, that we actually take up space on the planet. We didn't just occur today. So that would be something that would need some discussion. I'm not going to expect you to never lie to me. Only God doesn't lie. Humans lie. I don't, I don't think it's a good practice. I think we should work on not doing it. But the majority of people lie out of fear. There is a, a percentage of humans that lie for personal gain and lie in order to steal and lie in order to cover bad behaviors they don't want to take responsibility for. That's different. Most people lie out of fear. They don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want you to see them poorly. They want to hurry and fix it before anybody found out. They don't want to be caught. They're afraid of the consequences that they're not going to, that they're going to change. However it is, their world is going to change, and so they want to quickly fix it. So there's lots of, of reasons why people lie out of fear. So it doesn't mean that it's an acceptable practice. It means it's something that we need to be understanding and forgiving of and create a safer environment in our relationship so people don't have to lie, so they can be the courageous people that they need to be. So I'm not going to expect that you love my pets. <laughs> and I know that's tough because those of us who have pets that love our pets, we think everyone maybe should love our pets. And, and that's not realistic for a spouse um, someone that you're committed to, someone you're dating, that they would actually like your pet as much as you like the pet. Now, harming the pet, that's a whole different show. So we don't also want to have this inappropriate expectation that you will love my parents the way I love my parents, or you will hate my parents the way I hate my parents, or my siblings. The bottom line is I can't expect you to feel about people the way I always feel about people. And I can't expect you to be happy when I'm happy and miserable when I'm miserable. And so this is very important that you, that you also recognize that we have to be careful about our spirituality and have appropriate expectations on our spirituality. Now, like I said, you're going to have Difficulty with intimacy if you don't share some of the same religious practices or religious ideals. So if we just think about being Christian, well, does that mean that they're going to want to go to Bible studies as much as you do or listen to Christian music as much as you listen to? Those, those are things that are, are, are up for a person finding their own way. I would not necessarily recommend that if you are very committed to your faith as a Christian, that you date, fall in love with, and partner with a non-Christian. That's going to be a life of heartache, for sure. So you want to really be clear about value systems, because spirituality is in the big five. That's in the value systems. That's money, that's time, that's how we treat others, our religious, our, our, our spirituality. These things are part of our values. And so those need to be shared. So when we think about building a healthy relationship, just from the start, the beginning stages, the early months of a relationship, that's why we talked all about those expectations. So that if you're going into dating, into a relationship, that you get a handle on expectations. 
So the early months of a relationship sometimes, oftentimes, feel exhilarating and effortless and exciting. But successful long-term relationships, they involve a little more ongoing effort and compromise by both partners. So building healthy patterns early in your relationship really can establish a solid foundation for the long run. And so when we talked about this idea that you know, the weight of intimacy, if you do intimacy before you have the foundation or the platform of relationship and the structure, the structure of a relationship, the building blocks of it, the safety, the appropriate expectations of a relationship. If you do intimacy too soon, then that, that, that foundation can't support it. So in the very beginning, you want to be really practicing healthy patterns and creating that solid foundation so that each of you has very appropriate expectations. And so when we're building, that building of a foundation, this is paramount, one of appreciation and respect. So you focus on all the, the considerate things your partner does and says. Because happy couples make a point of noticing even small opportunities to say thank you to their partner rather than focusing on mistakes that their partners have made. And, and I really want to tell you that the majority of humans do not need to be told when they're doing something wrong. Adults don't need to be told they did something wrong. Very rarely, unless it's a cultural faux pas, right? That they, didn't, they weren't aware of the culture. And then they may make a mistake. But generally, we all know when we messed up, we don't need you to point it out. We just hope that you still love us through it as we work on correcting it. Because healthy people, safe people, manage themselves, police themselves so that you don't have to. If you find that you have to do that, then that's one of the big red flags. Do I actually want to move forward with this person when I'm the one that's having to take care of everything? And I'm having to point out everything. I'm basically having to parent them or police them. So happy couples manage their own lives. They are adults. And they also are decent. And part of decency is politeness. I can't tell you how far politeness goes. There are so many times in my office when I have couples that are in such bad shape. Sometimes I simply say to them, we're not going to work on anything but being polite. I just simply want you to be polite. I want you to have a nice look on your face. I want you to have patience. I want you to have just healthy consideration. I want you to have an idea that I'm going to think the best of this person. The same way that if you had someone visiting your house. And I've given this example to many people. I've said, you know, if someone visits you at your house... They're sitting on your couch that is a light-colored couch, and they're holding a glass of red wine, and they drop their glass. Do you lose it? Do you yell and scream at them? Do you give them dirty looks all night? Do you, like, with all kinds of aggressive behaviors, clean up the wine? It's fine. That's fine. I'll take care of it. How do you handle a guest in your house when they make a mistake? That's that much more appropriate for people you love and care for because if that person is on top of themselves for the most part they parent themselves and they make a mistake and drop something 
or spill something or break something, I would imagine they feel worse about it than you do. Because if you feel really bad about it, if it was something really important to you, they would feel really bad about it. They don't need to be told they screwed up. They don't need to be berated. They don't need to be parented. They don't need to be consequenced. So when you're building that foundation of a relationship, you want to put good habits in place because those habits are going to really help you withstand the heartaches and the stress of life. When you are polite and say thank you and please and acknowledge someone's work and brag about them in public and are very deferring and very polite in public to them. And if they do something you don't like, you don't talk about it in front of everybody. You talk about it when you get home or you talk about it in the car. Because adults can hold things. Adults can suspend things. So another building block that we want to put into the beginning stages of relationship is exploring. We want to explore each other's interests so, so that you have things you know you like to do together. And you want to try those new things together so that you expand those mutual interests. And that's extremely helpful. The things you liked doing while you were dating, you want to bring back into your relationship. If you're married or if you're committed, living together, these types of things. So how about this next one? We establish things. Establish a pattern of apologizing if you make a mistake or hurt your par partner's feelings. Don't get defensive. Don't say back to them why what they're feeling is wrong. Or look at them like they have three heads. Like, I, I can't believe you have a problem with this. Or why did you bring this up now? Or why do you have to bring that up? Now, this is, this is only if the partner does it appropriately, if they bring it up appropriately. It's important that for you, you don't let your ego get in the way of just simply making the relationship right. Just fixing it. Let's just fix it. And so this is part of establishing a neural net in your brain. It's a memorized behavior. The more polite you are, the more kind you are, the less defensive you are, the more you manage that fragile ego that all of us can have at different times, then your partner is going to trust you more if he or she knows that you take responsibility for your words and actions or if you take their words seriously. See, a lot of times, it doesn't have to make sense to me why you got hurt. Because what hurt you may not hurt me. But what's important is that it hurt you. And that needs to be important to me. Now, that does not, I'm not talking about oversensitive people that get their feelings hurt on everything and snag on everything and complicate everything. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your basic human that just goes, ow, why did you say it like that to me? Or that, that kind of hit me wrong. That instead of defending yourself, you want to be interested. Like, why did it feel like that to you? Because I didn't think when I said it, it would hit you that way. So I'm curious. I'm interested. So think about the beginning stages. And we're going to talk more about this on Monday. As we talk about building those new relationships. And this is that dating process that is quite um, overwhelming to endeavor upon. And it can be pretty daunting. But I want to encourage you to pursue relationship. It's how God made you, and he wants the best for you. He wants you to be loved. He wants you to be seen. He wants you to be known. He is the God that sees you, and he is your best friend. So take advantage of him this week. 
and this weekend. We'll talk to you next week, next Monday. Have a great week. Check out the website, CynthiaHyatt.com. Thank you, Jeremy, for all your hard work. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.